Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. How sweet it is to be loved by you. Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios, with Jeff Calkins on today's show, presented by Red River Toyota in Wynn, Arkansas. Online at RedRiverToyota.com. We're back with the Gabe Kuhn Show on 92.9 FM ESPN. I needed someone to understand my ups and downs. There you Jeff Calkins is columnist of the Daily Memphian and also host of the Jeff Calkins Show 9 to 11 right here on these airwaves, 92.9 FM ESPN. He's on X on Twitter at Jeff underscore Calkins. Jeff, how is it going today? Good. 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 I, I, I got to say, I'm, I don't know how good I am with this, this, this Michael Orr Tui story. It's kinda, it, I'm depressed. I'm depressed dealing with all this. Well, if you want to watch something uplifting or not, uh, there's a debate tonight, mayoral debate. Uh, seven o'clock WKNO. I'll be there. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just going to watch. But uh, we can see who's going to be leading our city into the next uh, into the next uh, era. Will it be uh, uplifting, yeah, or is that going to be mudslinging no. as well? I don't know how much mudslinging it will be. I think. I mean, listen. I don't. I think there's only six of the seventeen candidates. Six of the seventeen candidates are participating, or something like that. But um, and then I think WREG actually just had a poll that suggested Willie Harrington was winning and mm. he is not participating. And so, I mean, I think I think in terms of the mail race, I'm a little I don't know, say just I don't think I'm discouraged by it, but it doesn't feel like there's a titan uh, about to emerge to carry our city to new heights. But one can hope. Yep. Uh, and we'll we'll hear more tonight in terms of the Tui thing. Yeah, I mean, it's messy. It's unfortunate. Um, I think we've known that from the start, right? It's a well, anytime you see these family squabbles over money, which is, you know, loosely at least what this is. Yep. Um, it's too bad, and then it's people here in Memphis who we've, in different ways, rooted for or whatever, and know, and so the whole thing is. Um, yeah, it's messy and it's unfortunate. There's no question about it. I did think, um, I mean, the statement that uh, the Tui's lawyer gave to TMZ mm-hmm. is pretty uh, blunt. I'll yep. say that. It's pretty blunt. And there are parts of it that I find um, almost like uncomfortably blunt, but yep. persuasive. Like, I fundamentally, and this was true after talking to Sean yesterday, where I think, let me just look here. The, the part of the statement that, um, you know, that struck home a little bit was uh, that, I mean, I thought was particularly powerful was um, over the years, the Tui's have given Mr. Orr an equal cut of every penny received from the blind side. 
even recently when Mr. Orr started to threaten them about what he would do unless they paid him an eight-figure windfall, and as part of that shakedown effort, refused to cash the small profit checks from the Tuies, they still deposited Mr. Orr's equal share into a trust account they set up for his son. Yep. I believe that. <laughs> you know, I, I, I've never – well, the one thing in this I've never believed is that the Tuies were taking money from the movie – keeping it for themselves and not sharing it for my, with Michael Orr. If you want to say that they uh, should have made sure that Michael Orr got more upfront or that it's totally understandable why Michael Orr would be frustrated that it's his story, that a lot, that the whole universe seems to have gotten rich off of particularly the studio. If you like, there's lots of things here that, um, that, that I can go along with. I have never believed, for all kinds of reasons, that the Tuies have taken movie money that should be going to Michael Orr and put it in their pockets. Mm-hmm. I just haven't believed that. And this idea that, that – because basically what Sean told me yesterday was uh, – what Sean told me yesterday was they got the upfront money and that they've gotten these payments, fairly modest payments along the way um, – and um, and this idea that that they were then depositing them into an account for Michael Orr's son because Michael Orr wasn't passionate, like uh, to, to me, like again, we we can only look and see what what here has the ring of truth and what here doesn't. That to me has the ring of truth. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, but I, I, at the same time, as I read the statement. I was sad that it was so searingly blunt, yep. you know, like we're going to love him, but by the way, he and his lawyers are a bunch of grifters, <laughs> you know, yep. like that's what it sounded like. Yes. And I totally understand why they have to stand up for themselves and they have 100%. to, because literally the whole world has, has, you know, is sort of accusing them of being profiting off of Michael Orr, and that would make you mad too. Yeah. Um, if you were, you know, like I saw one piece. It was just they went to the Tui's, uh social media accounts, and they got pictures of them from whatever, from Paris or from you know the beach or just living their lives in good lives, right? Like, and they said, you know, it doesn't help that the the Tui's are, you know, living the high life off of Michael Orr's, you know, uh, work or something like that. And they showed them in all kinds of places with nice cars or whatever else. Well. I, 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 listen, I'm not trying to tell you that the Tuies don't lead a good life because I bet they do. Yeah. Because they sold their company for two hundred thirteen <laughs> yeah. million dollars. Yeah. You know, so they're very wealthy. The fact that yes. they're in Paris or have a car doesn't mean that they're robbing money from Michael Orr. Yep. The other thing that they said, believe it or not, again, like yesterday, it was all Michael Orr's uh, allegations, and today it's this searing response. Uh, and, you know, the other thing that they said is that Michael took this to various lawyers and various lawyers would uh, approach the Tuies about it. And the Tuies would show them the facts of the matter. Here's where we deposited. Here was the agreement. Here's the evidence that Michael, Michael has gotten every penny that he should get. Um, and then the other lawyers have said, yeah, there's nothing here. And they've dropped the case. And that's, that's what it says in the statement. Yeah. And now he's found lawyers who will bring the case. Again, I don't know that that's true, but yesterday we had uh, we had we had all kinds of allegations on the one hand, and now we have this quite searing response. And you're exactly right; 
it's messy, it's unappealing, it's sad. People bring their own preconceptions to all of this about what they think happened or what we bring our own worldview to all of this. Yeah. But, um, um, you know, that's where we are. I, I thought it was a little one-sided yesterday uh, in the way that people were reacting. And I think it's, um, you know, and a uh, fair but, amount one-sided today too. I mean, it's I mean, just... and, and now you've got the response today. I don't think I, 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 I don't get the sense that people certainly quote unquote turned on the twoies yesterday. I don't think anyone has, or really should turn on Michael Orr. right? This is his story. If he is, um, if he is, if he looks at the universe and sees the way that, that other people have profited, I totally understand his frustration. And indeed, as I sort of said on my show, just like look at college football, <laughs> you know, look at college football. It's not just Michael Orr. It's for the last 40, 50 years. Um, a lot of young men, uh, particularly African-American men have been told, Hey, you play for a scholarship while the coaches make millions. You know, mm-hmm. like, and, and by the way, the coaches are mostly white and the athletes are mostly black. That's what, that's been the way of the world. And, and, and unfortunately, it's been the way of the world. And here's what we do. We just say, well, well yeah, you, no, you guys aren't getting paid because you're amateurs. That's why <laughs> you're amateurs. That's why you're not getting paid. And so, um, so it's, a, it's another version of this. The part of it that I just never really bought was this, that this is some scheme that the, that the two right. hooked up I, to bilk him out of money, which I just have always thought was honestly BS. Yes. Uh, now, one thing I have, have not, it's not really, uh, I don't latch on to is I think there's this continued talk of the two being rich already and they don't need to do this. And that, I don't know if that's particularly, but uh, that's much of a defense. If, if all the allegations from Michael Orr are true, which we don't know, I still need to see things come out from each, each side, but I, I I know that in this world and what has happened with the with the Michael Orr and the Tui's relationship, I do think that there's definitely a part of that relationship where it was very advantageous for the Tui's, right? Like, can we admit that much? Well, two things. Um, um, first of all, you're exactly right. Like, there are definitely rich people who are rich and doesn't mean they don't want to be richer. Right. <laughs> right. It's, right. That, that's, that is certainly true. Um, and, and can you say that this is advantageous admitting? Oh yeah. In, diff- in lots of different ways, it became advantageous to the Tui's. Um, in particular, I think in the celebrity, in the, in the, in the, you know, in the fact that they were mem famous, as I like to say, yeah. before this happened. And then they became worldwide famous. Like yes. that is advantageous. Like if you enjoy that and most people do enjoy that. So but do I think that's why they did it? Do I think they brought in Michael Orr because they no, thought they were right. going to be able to have a foundation and talk on for whatever it is, $20,000 a speech or whatever they made per speech? Or what? No, I don't believe that. So um, there's no question that they, they benefited in immensely along the way from this story. There is no question that they did. But that's different from saying, which is the allegation in the dispute, yeah. that's different from saying this was a lie cooked <laughs> up from the beginning to steal millions yes. from Michael. Like I agree. That. So can, did they benefit? Ab- absolutely. Did they do this? And again, this is just my opinion. Do they do this to bilk my, to Michael Moore out of millions of dollars? 
I don't believe so. And in fact, I kind of believe that they gave him every. Now, if you want to make this argument, then that's such a hard argument as, to make. As, the, as the, the conservator, if you want to make the argument that as his conservators, like Sean told me yesterday, he said when the movie people came to us, they're like, you know, Sean said we we don't need any money. Like, well, this it's not our movie. We're not going to control the movie. We think the message is important. Like. It's, it's, it, I think this is possible to argue that as his conservator or whatever, you should have said, we don't need the money, but Michael needs all the money he can get. Like, yeah. let's cut a big share for him. And, you know, what they did was, at least according to, to the Tuies, Split what they did was Michael Lewis, and they, they took half of the 5% that Michael Lewis got, which is 2.5%. So they got the upfront, they split it five ways, and then whenever dribs and drabs ultimately came in after the studio you know, hid all their profits, uh, then that, 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 that went five ways too. And I believe, I believe them when they say that. I believe that Michael Orr got one-fifth of all the money that came in from the movie. Do I believe that he got one fifth of the money that came in from every speaking engagement and whatever else? No. I don't. No, I don't believe that. And but I don't. I I haven't asked Tron about that particularly. I just wasn't that long conversation. But um, so did they benefit? Sure. But it, it, you know, in the same way they're now getting dragged through the mud. But did they benefit? Absolutely. Um, but again, the the allegation isn't. Yes. The allegation isn't. The Tuies got famous off of this and. And therefore, they should share or apologize for their fame or something else. The allegation is they cooked they this up from the up, beginning. They lie. And here's the other thing: I didn't realize this. I would urge people to read Chris Harrington's piece at the Daily Memphian that's up. And Chris is so incredibly thoughtful about all of this, um, and in ways that I, I I won't even begin to summarize it. But one of the interesting things is in the movie itself, there's evidently a scene. He went back and watched it last night where Leanne Tui explains that Michael is not adopted, that it didn't make sense at his age to adopt him in the movie. So the idea that they discovered last week or whatever it was, that he, this was a scheme, that it was a conservative, like, well, it's in the damn movie that he's well, not adopted. There's also a scene where they sat down at the <laughs> kitchen table and said, do you want to be part of this family? We want to become your legal guardians. Right. So like, right. I, I mean, there's a little bit, there's some mixed, there's a there's a mixed bag in the movie, still. Right. Well, but legal guardian. Do they ever say? I don't. Even, I, I I don't know. <laughs> but I, in, and in Michael's first book, evidently, he also points out that he wasn't adopted. That it was uh, conservatorship. I. Uh, on the other hand, there's you know, the, the, very clearly, like originally, Sean told me that they couldn't have adopted him because he was 18. And looking at Tennessee law, it's very clear they could have adopted him. So, uh, I guess I, I guess here's what I here's what I believe. I don't really believe there is malice here was malice here in any of this. Now that doesn't make it doesn't mean there wasn't exploitation or wasn't whatever else. It doesn't mean that we as a society don't engage in widespread exploitation. Um, I, you know, but, but the, the part that I pushed back on yesterday, just because it didn't ring truth to me, again, I'll go back to it, was that this is something... Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? 
Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Elaborate yeah. scheme that was cooked up to bilk Michael Orr out of his share of the fair share of the movie. Because I don't believe that's true. I don't believe it'll be proven true. Um, and, um, and, and, you know, I, 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 I'm prepared to be convinced otherwise, but it, it is never – that has never – uh, that has never rung true to me. Now, before we move on, have you gotten to catch up on Sean Jr. and what what he's what he's sort of saying to the public? He was on a barstool. I don't know what else he said. I saw him yesterday. I, I haven't. Yeah. I just saw. He I said he got the two and a half percent, the the influx of money at the beginning, and then he's made sixty to seventy grand over the past four four to five years over right uh, from royalties. That to me, and then he also he me. also did say he understands why Michael Orr's mad, yeah. which again, like that doesn't. I don't think from a legal standpoint or anything that's going to hold any any real weight. But I, it's just strange, the, the messaging from him, as opposed to the family attorney and, and Sean himself. I think the messaging from him is much more consistent with the family's messaging than with Michael's messaging. In other words, uh, what he said was he got sixty dollars to $70,000 from this, right? And the allegations He from- said more than that. He did say he got more than that. I will. 60, say, I thought he said two and a, he got the two and a half. He said two and a half percent right. plus two hundred and twenty-five up front, and then sixty to seventy the past four to five years. I think the two twenty-five wasn't for each person. Got the two twenty-five. Okay. I think that's what they got, and that was split, and that became honestly the, the whatever. So, yeah. but here's here's the point. To me, the allegation is millions of dollars. Right. Yes. That's the allegation. You don't bring a lawsuit here over. You know, you want your share of the $60,000. And with all due respect, if you're Michael Orr, who's made more than $30 million, you're not suing for some share of 60 or 80 or whatever that number is, right? Sean basically said they got 14,000. Everybody got 14,000 straight up because they got half of it, whatever. And then since then, there's been these checks that have come in. And if they, if they total $60,000, they take them $60,000, $70,000. What Sean said now, or what the lawyer said is that every penny of that that he was owed? That in other words, when Sean was getting those checks, what the statement today they says went into a trust. Michael was, Michael was also getting those checks. If yes. he wanted to cash him, he could have. If not, he didn't, and so they went into a trust fund for the for the kid. And you can understand why, if you're making thirty million dollars as an NFL football player, you're not necessarily whatever cashing. You're not even maybe even noticing those checks coming in. Mm-hmm. So I don't. I don't. I did not find there to be some vast inconsistency between what Sean said and what Sean Jr. said. Um, to me, the bigger dispute is between. And by all means, if they can prove that there that there were that the that the Tuies took millions out of the movie, that will be that. You know, I I I I'll take all this back. I don't. It doesn't feel like to me. You know that that will be the result here, um, but. Um, but so I didn't, yes, there was some, the dollars that Sean described were marginally bigger than the dollars that, that, I mean, much Sean Jr. Sean described, but to me, they were like, okay, we got a little bit of money from the movie theater, but not a hell of a lot, not millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. And so, um, if it's millions of dollars, that's a totally different story. And by all means, 
if Michael Dore is being was was cut out of millions of dollars, that's a travesty, and he should be entitled to them. Yes. And and very clearly. But would you bet that's true? I I I have no earthly idea to be honest with you. There's a lot of there's a lot of slinging around right now. I I, I would imagine that the that the Tuies have a have their their story figured out at the very least. So I don't know how this is all going to work out. I, I I I I wouldn't imagine Michael Orr would come forward if he didn't have any type of gripe about money he did that did that he didn't receive he, from the from the blind side. I would imagine that there's some level of money he's he's owed or hasn't seen, whether that's in that trust account or not. Like I, uh, that, that, that's that, where I'm at. I, I think I think he has a very legitimate. I, I, listen, we don't know. Yes, we, we know. yeah, exactly. Like, we I don't think know. That's that's so where we, we're at. We don't know, and the accountants will know whatever else. Yes, my the truth is going to come out. I'm assuming. My guess. We all bring our own view of this. But my guess is, is that he is appropriately angry at a freaking universe that takes his story, his story, turns it into a movie that makes millions for a studio. Yep. That turns Hugh Freeze into a celebrity that turns the Huey, I mean, into a richly paid SEC coach that turns the Tuies into a, into celebrities. And here he is. And he looks up and he says, what the hell do I get out of this? I get, I get $6,000 checks every so often that go into my account for my kid. You got to be out of your living mind. And he's appropriately angry about that. Right. I, I, that's what I, and indignant and, and all I can 100% see that the, the place where I, where I suspect it's not true is that there were millions of dollars from the movie or even a half a million dollars from the movie that he should have gotten that he, that the two he's cut him out of. That's the part where I don't believe it. And so I believe the first part macro, I got screwed. All the white people involved profited believe that a hundred percent. But if you're telling me, do I believe that there was some, did the two keep his money in particular, that he was legally entitled to buy the two that he didn't get that they withheld from him. I do not believe that. Okay. Well, we'll see. Uh, the truth's going to be out there somewhere. And I we imagine they're going to have to, we're going to see, honestly, <laughs> I, right, I hope we see in a lot of these things. We don't because they've settled it and they recon- reconcile, and right. it all goes away. And I that hope. is my actual hope is that we never see okay. because it means that it's, uh, that it's been amicably settled. Mm-hmm. Not talking with Jeff Calkins at Jeff underscore Calkins. Enough of that. In-season tournament uh, uh, games have been announced. The Grizzlies, uh, of course, are in that Group A, West A, with the Suns, the Lakers, the Jazz, and the Trailblazers. They'll get the Trailblazers on the road and the Lakers on the road and then Utah and Phoenix at home. Did this, uh, did this do anything to excite you about the in-season tournament? I think this is one of these deals where, and honestly, the Olympics are often like this. Yeah. The Olympics are where until it actually starts happening, you don't care, right? <laughs> like, I, you just don't care. Like, I couldn't care. Right now, I don't care. But I think there's a reasonable chance that when the time comes, I will care. I mean, hell, we get right. that we care about Summer League, right, which is really totally meaningless. And so do I think that we will uh, – can I imagine a world where I decide that I care about this as it's happening? Yes. But I think it's one of these things that until – until we actually see it unfolding, I think most people in the world are going to like, I don't care about some damn midseason tournament. <laughs> and then, and then it'll start. And you're like, you know what? This is kind of fun. 
and you'll start caring because there's there's at least something at stake. Well, I think the gold medal. Your your example with the Olympics is a little different. You're competing for a gold medal, and no, and, and, no and, I mean, I don't mean. I mean the. Fa- I mean the fans. A lot of times, what what will happen is I don't. People will tell me I don't care about. As someone who covered eight Olympics, what I would often hear as I was heading off the Olympics is people saying I don't care about the Olympics, and then they started, and everyone watched. Yeah. Right now, again, that's different because it's the highest <laughs> level of competition in those particular yeah, sports. Exactly. And they're playing for the country and whatever else. Right. I'm just saying that dynamic of thinking in advance that you're not going to care about something, but then when it actually happens, caring about something, I think is at a miniature level could be happening here. Yeah, that but people I, I might predict they're not going to care, but will ultimately care more than they think that they do here in mid-August. Yes, I, I, I agree with that sentiment, but I still have pretty substantial <laughs> substantial thoughts about in-season tournament and how much it matters. And I, and, and I feel like people just get drugged through the mud for winning the damn thing as long. I mean, if they don't win the NBA finals along with it, they're just going to get sort of crapped. Oh on. yeah. Oh no, it's not a, for anyone with real aspirations as a basketball team. And season uh, tournament doesn't mean let's, a thing. Let's, let's say, yeah, let's say you're the Boston Celtics, right? It's time for them to win a championship. Can we right. all agree on that? Like it's time, it, it, you, you do nothing by winning a, a mid season tournament. Now, if Oklahoma city thunder win the mid season tournament next year, could their fans enjoy that? Because it's been a long time since they've won anything. Yeah, I think they probably could. Yeah. I, I, I think it may be a little bit more than a summer league title, but not much more. But we'll see. We'll see. But, Jeff, yeah. appreciate it, man. We'll do it again tomorrow. All right. See ya. Bye. Yes, sir. That's Jeff Calkins at Jeff underscore Calkins on X. Um, you can find all of his work, DailyMemphian.com. He's a columnist there. And also, Jeff Calkins show, 9 to 11, right here on 92.9 FM ESPN. Now, Oxbow is the family-owned and operated retail store that's been making waves in East Memphis for over a decade. They have always, always have new arrivals. I hope you took advantage of the Hush Y'all collection while we were still playing a tournament there at TPC Southwind, but on top of that vintage vinyl, they have sports memorabilia. They have hunting and outdoor gear for the adventurous souls. Before the season hits, let me point you in the direction of Memphis Tigers garb. They have great Tees, they have a great selection of polos. Get over and get that Memphis Tigers selection. They have 964 June Road off uh, Poplar on June Road behind the Amico Station, two-story storefront. The the staff is going to be friendly. They're going to point you in the right direction. Make sure you get, uh, before we get into Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium, make sure you get some of that Memphis gear uh, before we see that first game against Bethune-Cookman. But they also have your SEC favorites. If you're trying to get to game, get to a game at Ole Miss, they'll have that gear for you. Tennessee, Arkansas, Alabama, you name it, they have it. The top summer brands, Genteel Apparel, I have latched onto that. I love it. It fits great, even on my big body. Free Fly, Fair Harbor, Duckhead, Mizzen, and Maine as well. Whether you're searching for that perfect outfit, unique gifts, vintage vinyl, sports memorabilia, hunting and outdoor essentials, local Oxbow has you covered. And what I can do for you is you can go to their online store, Shop Oxbow. Dot com and use my promo code for 20% off your order. You can ship that stuff anywhere in the United States of America. Go, go to shopoxbo.com, use my promo code THEGABESHOW when you're checking out, all caps, one word, THEGABESHOW, and you can get 20% off that online order at shopoxbo.com. Shop local, shop Oxbow. Now the in-season tournament for the NBA has been announced, and we have at least a few of the regular season games for the Grizzlies and what that is going to look like. We'll talk about that next right here on the Gabe Coon Show, 92.9 FM ESPN.
Guests appear on the Smile Center hotline. Now back to the Gabe Kuhn Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. They keep trying to tell me The fight for the NBA Cup is upon us. The NBA in-season tournament that Adam Silver and the higher-ups at the NBA have drawn up out of nowhere. It's been announced, the groups, the games that will be played. I got to ask off top, Connor, is there any level of excitement that this is created, that was created after, uh, with this being announced today for you? No. None, man. Just none. I still don't understand. Feels like this is out of thin air. Did the consumer ask for it? No. So why are you doing it? I guess that maybe there could be some type of meaning by the time you get to a knockout stage, but... Even then, I have real questions about the long-lasting effects of the fight for the NBA Cup. But how this is going to work is you're going to have a tournament that will play out in two stages. First, group play involving each franchise with four games. And then, depending on how they do in their group, they will be sent to a knockout stage when the field trickles down to just eight teams. Now, there are six groups, three in the West, three in the East. I'll just sort of... Explain which ones these are. West A will be Grizzlies, Suns, Lakers, Jazz, and Trailblazers. I'll get to the Grizzlies games here in just a moment. Uh, West B will be Nuggets, Clippers, Pelicans, Mavs, Rockets, West C, Kings, Warriors, uh, Timberwolves, Thunder, and Spurs. And then East A, 76ers, Cavs, Hawks, Pacers, Pistons, East B, Bucks, Knicks, Heat. We'll see if if they get Damian Lillard before before this whole thing's over. Wizards and Hornets. And then EC, Celtics, Nets, Raptors, Bulls, and Magic. First thing I did notice, relatively well-balanced groups. Like, I, I, I don't know which one's the hardest. I, I, would, I would argue, I mean, sort of looking at the, uh, the Grizzlies group, that, that seems to be at least somewhat tough. Jazz and, and Trailblazers at the bottom of it. Um, but Jazz and Trailblazers do have some redeeming qualities. Jazz are punchy. Yeah, Jazz Jazz started off the season really well last year, had a chance to play into the play-in, but they did. They wanted to keep a, uh, a lottery spot, so they ended up falling out. Trailblazers are going to lose Dame, but they do have some redeeming qualities in Scoot Henderson, Anthony Simons, Shaden Sharp, so that's there. And then the Suns and Lakers, I mean, uh, that's that's very – that's top of the top of the West. Lakers, of course, in the Western Conference Finals. You could the probably, Suns trying to get there. You could probably argue that West A has the most star power of the groups. I, I think so. John Morant, Devin Booker, Bradley Beal, Kevin Durant, LeBron James. A, yeah, that, that, yeah. And then Dame right now still with the Trailblazers. Right. Walker Kessler, right. Walker Kessler, yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I don't know about Jaren that. Jaron Jackson Jr.? Hey, Jaron, Jaron, The best yeah. player on Team USA right now? Jaron. None of these other ones have quite that star power. But the Grizzlies, uh, their, their NBA in-season tournament schedule has been announced. On Friday, November 3rd, they will be at Portland, and that will be a uh, 7 p.m. Uh, start time locally there, so 9 p.m. here. Um, Friday, the 10th of November versus the Jazz. 7 p.m. start locally, um, and that will be at home. At Lakers on the 14th of November, and it's all going to play out in November. That'll be a very late start. That'll be a, a 
10.30 Eastern start time, so that's not going to be all that fun. 9.30 p.m. I always hate the 9.30 p.m. start times. And then versus Phoenix on the 24th for their last game in the the group stage. That will be 4 p.m. start time at home. Um, but that's on, uh, that's on Black Friday. It's the day after Thanksgiving. So I, this didn't create a whole lot of uh, buzz for me. It really didn't. I still have my questions about how it's going to work long term. This does not seem like something that should last and, and mean anything for NBA fans. And I just keep latching on to that. It's a frustrating feeling for me to not get excited about it now. I guess once we get into the moment, to Jeff's point, Maybe you, you start to buy, buy in if the Grizzlies go 3-1 and one in the group stage, get to the knockout stage, and ultimately can make, the, make their way to the in-season uh, championship. But I still feel as if most people will be turn, turned off by, by the in-season tournament ultimately. Even if they're not turned off, I'm just not sure many people are going to, to care once it's over. You know, like Let's say that the Grizzlies do have a run and they end up winning the mid-season tournament. It'll be cool in the moment, but it's not like you can brag about it. You know what I mean? It would yeah. be like a, like a college basketball team bragging about a preseason tournament that they won. Does it really matter I in think the long there's run? Team, there's some teams that could get very happy, encouraged by it. Sure. Like some of the bottom dwell. Like if, if year one, Wimby's going to be very featured in the, in the NBA Cup chase. Like if the Spurs win it in year one, something like that, some, some teams that are trying to build up. He, he, uh, Jeff mentioned the Thunder. Maybe you could get encouraged by being able to win the in-season tournament, but ultimately once we get to the NBA Finals, no one gives a damn about the in-season tournament. No one's going to care. And it's going to be used against you, I feel like. If you're a contender that doesn't win the NBA Finals and you win the in-season tournament, I feel like it'll be used against you and you'll get dragged for it. That's what I mean. I feel like it, it, I have a fear that it's one of those situations that could turn into pride for winning it in the moment, but in the long run, you're kind of like, ah, oh, man, we, got, we won the midseason tournament, but we got bounced in the first round of the playoffs. Like, people would – it could be used as ammo against you. I just – I think that it's a and, – and we still got – it having no impact on the season and the playoffs, the players only getting, you know, 500000 each if they win. The incentive just isn't really there. I think the frustrating part as a watcher of the NBA is that we have been complaining for years now that we feel – there may be too many NBA games, and the players doing the, you know, the rests and all that stuff. Maybe we, we should take away a few games. Yeah. So the NBA was like, you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna add we're gonna add games, and we're gonna make them not matter in the long run. So I have some questions, and I wonder too, like if you get a back to back, if one of these games is on a back to back, like you can have guys sit down and they don't care. It's a regular season game. It doesn't matter to your overall record and your place in the Western Conference, the Eastern Conference. Sure, but I don't think people are gonna be. Uh, especially on a back-to-back situation, I don't think they're going to be convinced to play because they're playing for the NBA Cup. Right. Right? And that's it's just frustrating because I, I – <laughs> like, if you're trying to create interest and the final result is a game of the, 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 the championship game, the extra game is between the Jazz and the Pacers, who gives a damn? No one. No one. So I, I, I just – I have some real questions about how this is going to work. Now, uh, Bobby Marks has shared an idea – of uh, what he thinks should happen for the NBA Cup winner. You want to hear this? Sure. He said, I'd love to see the winner get an automatic bid into the playoffs. That is disgusting. That is despicable. No, thank you. <laughs> no, gross. thank you. And how would you make that work? Bobby, think think through before you start speaking on, <laughs> on the NBA Cup and the end season tournament. What? That makes no sense. I mean, how would, you, how would you make that work if they were going to miss the playoffs ultimately? 
How do they get an automatic yeah, you're bid? You're bouncing in? a team that won yeah, 50 yeah, games yeah. because a bouncing yeah. a team that's better, that's <laughs> yeah. actively better because they won the in-season tournament. Come yeah, because on. they had a five-game no, streak in, no, the, in the middle of the season. Him, I don't blame him for wanting it to be Different? meaningful. Oh yeah, I don't blame him, him for wanting it to be meaningful, but that would be a, a a step too far. Well, when you look at because they're trying to replicate soccer in this situation, football, if you will. Yes, but, but in in over there, you can opt out of the tournament. You don't have to play the tournament. And in this one, they're forcing and, the teams to play because it impacts their win-loss and, record while also not having any impact on the playoffs somehow. It's very muddied to me. That's why, ultimately, why not make this something, hey, we're gonna, we want to put together a tournament. We need four teams for it, six teams for it. If you want to play... You can play in this. They need to target the younger teams in the yes. league that aren't playing for anything at the end of the season anyway. Try to get a trophy for your team, something that you can build upon, give your fan base something to be excited about. Honestly, it should be like the six worst teams record-wise when we get to that point in the season. Y'all are in this tournament. Play this thing real quick, and we'll get out of here. It's It doesn't make any sense to me while trying to make it relevant to the season while also making it not really relevant to the season. Well, and if you're trying to copy soccer, they already have – They've done it for a long, long time. Right. They have uh, built up their fan base to latch on to it. I feel like most of the NBA's consumer is is complete. Not, I'm not going to say fully against the idea, but very skeptical about how this this is going to be put into put into action. Right. Um, like there's just they, they they've had built up years and years of of in season tournaments overseas with soccer. So like I just trying to replicate that and and also. I, I thought it was a losing battle when Adam Silver says it's like a preseason tournament, early season tournament in college basketball. Uh, yeah, I don't, I, I don't, I feel like you're fighting a losing battle when you, when you, when you try to do that, because generally speaking, the good, the good off season tournaments or the good preseason tournaments, early season tournaments in college basketball, like the battle for Atlantis that the uh, Tigers are going to be a part of, those are good teams involved consistently. You don't know who's going to make it out of the group stage into the knockout stage in this particular situation. It could be the likes of the Jazz, like I said, the Pacers, the Pistons. They could make it out of that, and I don't know how much of a draw that is for a national consumer of the NBA. Well, again, and let's like in the battle of Atlanta. Like, if you get a win over a big opponent, it matters at the end of yes. the year. Yes, it doesn't matter. It's resume who you beat. building. It, it's just wins. It's just an addition. This is just extra games. That's yeah. all it is. It's yeah. extra games. There's one extra game. There's one extra game. These are just they're they're trying to create extra meaningful games, and right. I don't know how meaningful they are. That's that's the end all be all of this discussion. We'll see when we get to it, but I'm skeptical as hell, and I think most of NBA watchers are skeptical as hell of uh, of how meaningful this is actually going to make the NBA regular season. Now, um, small talk is going to be on the way. We'll do that next right here on the Gabe Coon Show, 92.9 FM, ESPN. Bobby, did we get that shipment of mesquite? Jim's woodworking shop worked fine fit on those Japanese until half his staff retired. Wow, those cuts are neat. <laughs> I'm really going to miss your precision. He needs four skilled woodworker bees ASAP. All right, this jigsaw needs a new blade. Indeed can help him hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. Our hiring platform instantly connects you with quality candidates, and you can schedule and conduct virtual interviews right from the Indeed dashboard. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Here on 92.9, we talk ball every weekday from 4 till 7 p.m. Except right now, it's time for Big Man Small Talk on 92.9's Gabe Coon Show. And Small Talk is presented by the Memphis Touchdown Club. They have their eight-part speaker series at Hilton Memphis. 
this fall, and there's going to be a lot of good speakers that you can go check out if you need tickets, information, memphistdclub.com is where you can find that. Now, uh, uh, Caleb Williams, we know how popular he is, Heisman Trophy winner. People are talking about him being the favorite to repeat. We haven't seen that in a long, long time. We haven't seen that just about ever. Now, I saw this yesterday. Caleb Williams, they're in the middle of fall camp at USC. He ditched fall camp to go to a Drake concert. I'm not going to say he ditched fall camp. He's probably done with practices and everything else. But he left fall camp, which it's hard to do. Like, generally, they have you on lockdown. They make sure you're asleep at a certain time. He was allowed to leave fall camp to go to a Drake concert with VIP tickets. I was amazed by that. This is that's almost that's that's Johnny Football esque right there from Caleb Williams, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, yeah. If, if they let you go, though, I don't I don't mind it. You know how big of a of a personality and everything else like you you have to be larger in life to be able to get away with that in fall camp. I'm telling you that right now. No one at Memphis football's fall camp. Was it was able to get away with that? I don't care who well, you were. They definitely weren't going to a Drake concert in Memphis. Yes, well, they didn't. Noted. Didn't. Noted. Noted. <laughs> now, also worth mentioning, uh, yesterday, forty-one counts, ninety-seven page indictment of former President Donald Trump. Forty-one counts, several under the uh, under RICO. Uh, it has to do with the twenty twenty election interference. Um, but it brought a, it brought about some really funny questions because he was uh, indicted in Fulton County in Georgia, the same place that rapper Young Thug was indicted for his RICO. Um, there's a lot of questions about if they're, they're going to be cellies together because I think there's a minimum charge or there are a minimum sentence of five years if you, if you actually uh, get found guilty. So what do you think about Young Thug and, uh, and Donald Trump being uh, cellies potentially? If his mugshot hits the internet, <laughs> it might break the internet. Honestly, it will actually. Well, we might actually see his actual height and weight too this time. <laughs> you tell me. He's, you mean he's not Instead, in the perfect health? Unless he's not that that unless he is he six two one eighty five, like he said. He is a tall man. I know he's for sure tall. Is he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a big dude. Yeah, he's like six six three, six four. Yeah, I don't know. Gabe, two normal sized people. That's a big eh, person. But I don't you're, know if he's you are that not tall. a normal sized person. I don't know if he's that tall. I Have think you seen him just, stand? He stands like he's got a little hunch. Somebody said he stands like a. <laughs> say it. Say it. Say it, Connor. Nah, I'm good. Okay, you're gonna you're gonna leave that out. Like a centaur. <laughs> like the front of one. Kind of does. It kind of does. does. But yeah, I'm just giving the information. I'm not saying what's gonna happen, but I'm just giving that information out there for anybody that wants to get mad. Now uh, we have one more hour left in the show, and uh, we're gonna spend it right. We have the blitz coming up at 6:30. We'll get out with the rewind at 6:50. But coming up next, we have some NFL news and notes to get to. Anthony Richardson is named the starter for the Indianapolis Colts. I will give you my thoughts on that on the other side right here on 92.9 FM ESPN.